Bonos. In between the uh, brachos we make in the morning and Psukli de Zimra, which I assume we'll do in two weeks. Next week is Rosh Chodesh, so it'll be longer diving. We probably won't do a shear. We do Karbonos. And uh, someone once said, when you come late in the morning, the first thing you sacrifice are the Karbonos. But the question is, how did that get there? What is obligatory? What is optional? What exactly is going on here? So there are actually two reasons brought down for the, the, their Karbonos. Reason number one is as follows. The, uh, the uh, Gemara tells us that every, every single day we're supposed to split our learning. It says, Shlish b'mikra, Shlish b'mishnah, Shlish b'talmud. Which is, do a third of learning the uh, Tanakh, the, the Torah Shebek Sav, the written law, a third of uh, Mishnah, which could be more halacha, and a third of Talmud. Now, we don't necessarily do that. Why don't we do that? Sir Ben Tom writes, oh, because the Talmud, Talmud Bavli comes from the word bilbul to, to mix together. And if, when you learn Talmud Bavli, in Bavli, you have everything. You have a Mishnah, you have Mikra, you have Psukim, you have a Gemara. That being said, it, it's the, uh, when you look through after we say the Birchas HaTorah, what do you see throughout the Karbanos? We're quoting Psukim, we're quoting Mishnayos, we end off quoting a Brisa, a Brisa and a Gemara, Ezimakomo, and then a Brisa. So it could be one of the reasons for saying Karbanos is to fulfill this obligation to learn every day, not just to learn every day, but to learn a little bit of everything every day. Psukim, the Torah Shabbat and then broken up into Mishnah and, and Gemara. There is another reason, however, to say Karbanos, and that is as follows. The Gemara in Megillah, which we'll get there soon, says, Omar Avram, so God has a conversation with God. Uh, Avram has a conversation with God. And he says as follows, Rebonish Olam, God. I have a concern. You tell me the Jewish people are the chosen people. You'll take care of my children. What happens when they sin? I know history, says Avram. It might have been a shorter history than we have now. But I know what happened last time the people at large sinned. God brought a flood and God destroyed the Tower of Babel. He says, how do I know you're not going to do that to the Jewish people when you run out of patience with them? Which almost seems like it took place in this week's parasha, by the way. So Amrlay, Lav, I won't do that. Okay, that seems good enough. God said, no, it's not going to happen. So Amrlay, Lav, it's not good enough for Avram. He goes, these are my kids, God. Rebona Sholem, Give me proof. Give me proof you're not going to destroy the pe- my, my children once you get frustrated with them. Amrlay, he says, Kachali Agulam Meshulosh Ve'ez Meshulosh. So this is when, the, during the Bris Havit Ben Abbasarim, he says, take for yourself these cattle, cut them up. Which we, what he's saying to them as follows. The Jewish people are going to bring sacrifices. When they bring sacrifices, even though they frustrated me, even though they, they angered me, those sacrifices are going to mollify and appease me, and I'm not going to destroy them. Okay, so what does Avram say? God, that's all good and well. This So long as there's a temple, and every day you bring the carbon, the daily tummy, the daily offering. So I understand how, why you're not going to destroy them, because the Jewish people are appeasing you. But I know when the base Mikdash is not going to be around, so then what is going to serve as the appeasement to you? How, what's, going to, what's going to serve to calm you down, to mollify you when you're angry at the Jewish people? So Amrlau, he said to them, I taught them the Seder Karbanos, the Parshas Vayikra, all of Seder Kachim, Shikorim Hemlifanai, and when they are, go and they read the Karbanos, when they learn about Karbanos, Maila Ani Alehem Ilu Hikra Abdam Lefanai, Bani Mochlam Al Kolavanosehem. 
when they learn the laws of the sacrifices, I will make it as if they actually brought the sacrifices in front of me, and I will, that will calm me down, and I won't destroy the Jewish people. It's a fascinating concept. It's an actually interesting concept. The question actually they ask is, does this, does this apply to other areas of Torah? If I don't fulfill something in Torah, but I learn about it, do I, is it as if I fulfilled it? In fact, some argue, you know, um, Lavan, when, um, Yaakov, when Yaakov left Lavan, he says, I'm loving Garti, Vitariag Mitzvahs. And I kept all 613 mitzvahs. And the question is, of course, he didn't keep all 613. You can't keep all 613 mitzvahs unless you're a king and you're a slave and you're a Kohen and you're a Levi, Yisrael, a man or a woman. That doesn't exist. So what does it mean? So he says, meaning he learned about them and that's how it's as if he fulfilled them. Others say, no, this is a unique din to Kachim, to the laws of sacrifices in the temple. When you learn about them, it's as if you kept them. It's as if you kept them. Um, when our, our, when our lips utter them, it's as if we brought before them. In fact, there, is a, um, there are a number of different Gemaras that seem to indicate this. There's a Gemara where, that talks about, it's in Bab Metziah. I forgot to look it up beforehand, so I don't want to misquote it. But someone encounters Eliyahu Hanavi. And in the con- course of the conversation, he said he kept, he, says, he goes, I keep all of the important areas of, uh, of, that I'm able to keep of Torah. And included, included in that is Kachim. This, the Rashi says, what do you mean? How do you keep Kachim? There's no basis of Mikdash. The answer is no, he learns about it. So we see that this is a constant theme throughout. But what emerges from this Gemara is the importance of learning, or at least reciting, the, the Karbonos every morning, because through that we are essentially in almost like bringing a sacrifice to God. We're bringing a, and Roshach, by the way, points out as well that we see from this Gemara, this is in a longer essay, he says we see from this Gemara that the point of Israel is to bring sacrifices. The point of the land of Israel is to bring sacrifices. Okay. The, um, that's this Gemara. Comes along Rabbeinu Yonah in a totally different context. Rabbeinu Yonah is talking about the laws of Krishma. And the, the halacha says, the halacha is Krishma, you have to, you have to recite Krishma uh, by three hours into the day. The Gemara says, if a person were, were to recite Krishma after the Zman Krishma, after the time for Krishma, it says, Yudei Krishma lo Yatsa, they don't fulfill their obligation of Krishma, but you date Torah, Yatza, but they, they fulfill their obligation of learning Torah. Okay, so you don't recite Krishma on time. You still, what, where does Krishma come from? It comes from the Torah, so you fulfill your obligation of learning Torah. Ask Rabbeinu Yonah, I mean, why would you not fulfill your obligation of Talmud Torah? Anytime you learn Torah, you fulfill your obligation of Talmud Torah. Why would the Gemara go out of its way to say, you don't fulfill the mitzvah of Krishma, but you fulfill the mitzvah of Talmud Torah? So he says as follows. There is a prohibition to say words of Torah written Torah, orally. We can't just quote the, oral, the written law orally. Same way, by the way, there's a prohibition to write down the oral law. The Gemara in Timur talks about how we can write down the Gemara. But there's a prohibition to recite verses by heart. That being said, the Gemara tells us that if there are certain verses that are, are common to say that everyone knows them, you can say them by heart because the problem seemingly is we're afraid if you say it by heart, you're going to butcher it. You're going to misquote it. But if we, it's common, it's, it's, it's someone constantly saying, so then you can say it. So it says to Ben Yonah, it must be the reason why you can say Shema by heart. But what, excuse me, it's the reason why it says you can say Shema and you fulfill your obligation to Talmud Torah. What, what, is it, what it's implying is even though you say it by heart, it's not a problem. Within that context, it says to Ben Yonah as follows. This is also why we can say Karbonos, meaning in between Birchaz Shachar and and Sukkot Zimra, we can say it by heart as well. Why? Because it's, an ob- it's obligatory to say them. And how do I know it's obligatory to say them? Where, where, is, the, where is the obligation? 
says to God, how do I know you're going to uh, always you know, keep the Jewish people around, you're not going to destroy them? What's the haftacha? And he says to them in the merit of the sacrifices. And he says, Avram says again, okay, that's all good and well. When there is a, when there is a mikdash, there's not a mikdash. How do I know? He says it, when they recite it, it's it, they said it. And Ben Yonah seems to imply here that saying karbanos is not just a nice thing to do, but it's actually obligatory in a level of the orisa. It's a biblical obligation to say karbanos. Now, Ben Yonah isn't fully accepted. Most again, it's, it's either a very, very strong minhag. I think I even saw, I think the Rav even compares it to wearing a yarmulke at one point. Or, or it's, Rabbi Yonah seems to think it's obligatory. If Shech likes to point out whenever he quotes his Rabbi Yonah, he says, Karbanos, according to Rabbi Yonah, is the Oraisa. So the Zimra, the Gemara and Shabbos says, is a meritorious. It's a Midas uh, Hasidus. So when you're faced with, you don't have enough time, should you say Karbanos or should you say Pesukah de Zimra, seemingly you should say Karbanos and not say Pesukah de Zimra, which goes against a lot of what we intuitively try to do. Although I had my friend, I had a friend ask him, Shechlik goes, just say, say Karbanos after, after Davening. You don't need to say in that order. With that being said, the, seemingly the sacrifices are patterned after the actual Karbanos, you should probably still, you still have to say within the time frame that one can bring that Karban. So you should still say within before Chatzos. Or maybe even earlier. Even earlier. It's interesting, by the way, if sacrifices are so, if it's the, the Karbanos are really about bringing the sacrifice, so why do we not say Karbanos at Mincha? So the Hasidim do. Nisuch Sfar does. Nisuch Ashkenaz did not. It's not so clear why. Your must says you don't do it. It could be because it's, you know, I saw one approach that said that in the future we're going to only bring the Talmud in the morning. We're not going to bring the sacrifice in the afternoon. It's not so clear why, but that, that, that certainly is the minog. Yeah, that's not how it works. Um, the, um, so what are we saying? So the Talmud certainly should be said. And they say the Talmud should be said even standing up. Why? Because that's how you bring the sacrifice. If you say sitting down, it's okay. But um, ideally, it should be said standing up. There's also the Ketores. The Zohar says you should say the Ketores. That's supposed to be a simon for uh, Parnassah. So, school for Parnassah. So, I guess now we're all going to say the Ketores. Um, Mr. Bruce says as well, the Seder Marach, which talks about the way in which they, they, they built the, um, they, they the, the Marach, which is the wood, on, 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 the, on the Mizbeach as well. Um, and then the Ramah points out there are all the other things. There's the Kiar, there's the, there are a bunch of other parts in there as well, but at least, at least, at least seemingly the Iker, the most important part, is the, um, is, is the uh, saying of the Talmud. That's something we should all do because, again, the Rebbe Yonah seems to think it's the rice. So at least it's a very, very strong minog that's brought down. Although I do remember when the pandemic first started, I was on a Zoom with Ravasher Weiss, and again, he was quoting as more Kabbalistic sources. He said everyone should now, every day, say the Akedah, which you see goes to the Akedah of of, um, of, of Yitzchak, which is supposed to, again, bring Slos Avos, married our forefathers. He said, say Ketores, and he said, say something else, which I don't remember. But he, he did say to bring three things out. If I remember, I'll let you know. And lastly, Rebbe, um, the Rav, he said the reason why Karbanos is so important is because two things. One is when we start our day, we have to remember that an integral part of being a Jew is sacrifices is the sacrifice of the temple. Now, now we don't have it, we have to remember we're missing something, a very large part of our, of our ritual life. Uh, and I think the other approach is, and this is I saw from the Maharal, Maharal writes that what is a sacrifice? What is a carbon? So he says there's, sometimes in life we give gifts that are needed, but the ultimate gift is a gift that's not needed. You give it just to show that you have a relationship, that you have love. 
right? If I were, if I, I go to Emma for her birthday and I say, oh, here's a pot for the kitchen. I know you needed a pot because the other one burnt. Okay, it might be appreciated, but that's not what a gift is. Right, what's the real gift? What's the ultimate gift? Flowers. They serve no purpose. They die after a week. And they're, they're purposeless. Yet, in a way, it's the ultimate gift. Why? Because I think really the sentiment that's being conveyed is, I'm giving you something that has no need other than to show my affection and my love. And morale seems to imply that that's what a carbon is. God doesn't need our sacrifices. But what's a sacrifice? It's essentially saying, I'm taking this item and giving it to you to show that I want this relationship with you. I, want, I have this teshuk, this desire to have this relationship with you. And if that's true, so then perhaps right before we begin the formal part of tefillah, so the Zimra praising God going into actual Shmonesrei, we want to set the stage and say, God, I want this relationship. I really desire to have this relationship with you. And I'm giving this, quote, you know, this quote unquote flowers to, to show how much that I, I, I really want this sort of relationship. So I get the takeaway is going to be that oftentimes we sacrifice the sacrifices in the morning, but we should really strive to at least say the uh, Tumid and, um, and really th- th- as, as many of it, as, as much of it as possible. Yeah.